you're listening to Abiding Life Studios. We're in Colorado Springs, and today we have uh, Steve Reinhardt with me and Ashok. Ashok, how do you say your last name? Adikari. Dakuri? Adikari. Dakuri, okay. And um, he's from Nepal, and I'd like to ask him a question about his ministry. I think it would be very interesting for people to hear what what people you actually go and minister to. Uh, I'm from last uh, three decades. I'm working as a church planter in Nepal. And at the same time, I'm also working as a pastor there. And in uh, these three dec- decades, all the time, I have been in the unreached areas of Nepal, you know, to share the gospel and to share the love of Jesus to the people. Okay. And uh, wherever we go, uh, there will be the couple of activities uh, we used to do. First is we go there with the gospel outreach. In the gospel outreach, we go there with the team from Kathmandu, and also, we used to make some local team uh, from the local people there, you know, local churches there. If mm-hmm. the local churches are available there, we go to the unreached uh, places and, uh, uh, you know, we go there with all uh, that multimedia, you know, projector, Jesus film, sound system, generator. Because Nepal, in Nepal, there is no electricity in most of the areas. Oh, so okay. we need to take everything with us. And uh, in the evening and night time, we used to gather people in the open field and uh, we share the gospel uh, to the people. So every night, you know, 5,000 to 8,000 people, they used to gather in the open wow. field and uh, we share the gospel. Mainly in sharing the gospel, we don't share them about Christian religion. We share them about salvation of Jesus. Hmm. So people accept it very well. Uh, because if you know people are already overburdened by the religion because they have religion and uh, they are just looking forward you know the way to be uh, delivered from the religion religion always controls the people but mm-hmm. jesus gives the you know freedom from all religion yeah and people love that uh, and first is uh, uh, you know we launched the outreach program and uh, when the outreach program will be over then I'll go to uh, conduct another training. That training calls uh, systematic gospel sharing training. How to share the gospel systematically. Mm. That will be the three days training. Two days will be the class in the classroom and one day will be in the open field, you know, practical uh, training. Right. So, and the third thing, when the church will be established there, then we have another layer of training that called systematic theology training that will be the 10 days uh, so residential uh, training like that we nurture the churches you know we establish the churches we nurture the leader and uh, all the churches we establish that is a local churches mm. nepali churches and at the same time we also organize uh, pastors conference leaders conference youth conference and my wife is a nurse and she conducts uh, health and hygiene training for the village women because uh, this is one of the very uh, big need there. There is no uh, hospital, no any education and awareness there about health and hygiene. Mm. So my wife, she conducts that. And uh, in going to the remote villages, I used to conduct uh, spiritual health and hygiene uh, classes and she takes 
all about physical health and hygiene classes. So in that way, uh, we are working uh, there, you know, uh, and uh, as a national leader, I work there from east part, eastern part to far west Nepal and northern part to the southern part of Nepal. Okay. Like that we are working and uh, another thing is we are also working with the people affected by leprosy. Uh, wow. Still the leprosy problem is there and in Kathmandu we have one church uh, in the leprosy colony mm. and majority of our members are leprosy and this must be the first church for the people affected by leprosy or I must say among the people affected by leprosy. And uh, now I'm also working as a chairman in the leprosy mission uh, Nepal and we have a hospital, we have a research and we have a, a training and uh, we have a community development for the people affected uh, by leprosy. And I also work uh, in an international board of the leprosy mission international. My head office is in London. Oh so wow. from last eight years I'm working in international office as well huh. in London. So how many people would be in the leper colony? Uh, uh, in the leper colony, almost uh, 150 families they are there. Oh, wow. Yeah, inside colony and also outside colony. There is a col uh, you know, colony, leprosarium, we say, a leprosy colony. Mm -hmm. And the leprosy community also is there. Oh, so altogether, okay. uh, could be more than 150 or in, in between 150 to 200 families there. Oh, wow. And then you would go with Mike Wells a lot to the leper colonies, correct? Oh, Did yes, yes, yes. We yeah. went there and also we visited the leprosy hospital, leprosy families, communities. Okay. Yeah, we traveled together with. Sounds awesome to go to, the, to be able to help those people. Yeah. And another thing is, uh, you know, uh, already I mentioned that uh, three decades I, uh, I work as an evangelist and Many villages, they converted, you know, the whole village to Christ. And the wow. problem is uh, uh, they, 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 uh, there is no school uh, because they, mm -hmm. they live in such a remote areas. And generation to generation, they work uh, only as a, um, uh, you know, porter. They became just a porter, you know, mountain porter. Mm -hmm. And I thought that we need to change some perspective of the people there. And I discussed with the village people and they say, we have no school here to send our children to school so what uh, can we what we can do and we made a one solution to get uh, their children uh, to another you know village where there is a school mm. and to take the house in rent and to place them there and to send them to school mm. so in that way in one village mm, we have uh, 80 children they are going to school and in another village 50 children they are going to school so we are also working with the uh, orphan children, vulnerable children, and also we are working for uh, the you know children from the poor and marginalized family as well, mainly for their uh, health and for their education and mm -hmm. for their nutrition. Mm. Do a lot of the kids have leprosy then? Uh, yeah, some of the ch kids also have a leprosy. Okay. Yeah, some of the ch children also have that. Well, uh, so Ashok, um, I think it's important that you um, maybe share with Noah a, a little bit of your vision for the future, uh, the ministry that you have for not only the people of Nepal, but the, really the whole world and the uh, 
um, the house where you're allowing, where you're really bringing in uh, other folks to train uh, for church planning purposes and the, the younger uh, students from Europe and the U.S. Uh, could you share a little bit with him about that? Because that's a great opportunity for us and for the people that will hear this podcast. Oh, thank you very much for asking this question. Otherwise, I would miss this opportunity to share you about <laughs> this. Uh, yeah, not only in Nepal, but uh, I also am working in the Europe and other countries. Like uh, many times I travel to Germany and uh, other parts of Europe. And uh, I visited there as a speaker and in Australia as well and other more countries and like US as well. And uh, all I found all the young people interested to know and to learn about mission. Mm-hmm. And uh, last time when I was in Germany, uh, one month I uh, traveled from one part to another part preaching uh, in the church, you know, and uh, in the church service and in the different, different groups. And I found young are very much, you know, uh, eager to know, to learn about mission. And uh, after going back to Nepal, you know, all, all the time, you know, this need knocked, my, uh, knocked the door of my heart. And I thought that now I need to start one mission school in Nepal. Mm-hmm. And uh, we focus mainly for the youth and also for the pastors and leaders, you know, women group and for the teens as well. And we set it up one uh, guest house, mission guest house, we say that, mission guest house. All the people, those who come for the, you know, to learn about the mission, they come there and, uh, you know, in a very... It's a cost less, you know, the less cost, mm-hmm. you know, the, um, uh, you know, the price we put them there and uh, we give them all the, you know, teaching and all the practical, you know, the work and everything, you know, we teach them and then uh, we will also visit them in a different, different community. So these would be mm, like high school students or young college students? Yeah, it doesn't matter. High no? school student mm-hmm. and uh, college student. But just young people that are interested in being uh, oh, very mission, much, yes. mission, missions. Yeah. Very. Yeah. And so they would come and stay with you for how many days? Uh, 12 days. We have a program mm-hmm. for 12 days. Mm-hmm. And and then in, and in, in those 12 days, um, could you just go over with us what the kind of what the plan would be for say say we have a group of people here in Colorado or with abiding life ministries that we'd want to bring over there what would be the um, kind of the regimen you would take us through well um, yeah first day there will be the interaction and cultural you know the introduction all these things uh, we will teach them there and uh, there will be the prayer time and sharing time and that is the first day when they arrive there and mm-hmm. second day we get them to the um, uh, for the the trek trek calls one day full one day trek that calls prayer trek we distribute them all the prayer request and they go for the trek a whole day you know and they also pray in the trek mm-hmm. and they reach up on the mountain and they uh, will have a small you know the uh, sort types of uh, retreat there Mm-hmm. And then uh, from there also, you know, they will spend their, you know, sharing and prayer. 
and again they will come back to our uh, guest house uh, with prayer so mm-hmm. first day will be the prayer day and in the evening time there will be class with them mm-hmm. uh, what was the impression they had and what is the excitement they have you know they will share with each other and i'll be there and i'll teach them about the mission what is mission and how the mission has to go on and what how we need to you know set the goal all those are things i will teach them there mm-hmm. great and then so uh, so that'd be the first day yeah and you and you'd have 12 days yeah that yeah and second day uh, we will get them in the rehab center uh, drug rehabilitation center mm-hmm. we have a drug rehabilitation center and whole day they will spend time there in prayer for the people and sharing for the people mm-hmm. and, and then how would they how would they communicate with the say the people that are in the drug rehab center well uh we will uh, also you know we will make some and, and you know we will uh prepare some translator okay so yeah. they mm-hmm. so they wouldn't be like just thrown no 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 no, no they would no. have a translator and someone yeah. to yeah yeah connect them with the people there yeah and mm-hmm. third day they will go to the leprosy colony they will meet mm-hmm. the leprosy people mm-hmm. they called one of the poorest people in the world mm-hmm. you know and they can pray for them and also they can go to the hospital mm-hmm. and in the hospital probably the people uh, are very interested to know about what is leprosy and how it causes mm-hmm. and uh, we will give the orientation to them there and uh, they can move from one bed to another bed and they can pray uh, for the people affected by leprosy generally leprosy is outcast uh, it calls outcast uh, disease in nepal mm-hmm. and uh, after the leprosy no one even from the family they wants to visit them mm-hmm. and as a christian if we visit them we pray for them we touch them you know that that, that gives really joy mm-hmm. to them mm-hmm. and another day we get them to the slum area in Kathmandu surrounding there are a lot of slum areas we are working with the slum people as well mm. and they go there and they work uh, with the slum people there and they could have another good experience there mm. and pip uh, <coughs> day we will organize one youth conference if youth group are there we will organize one youth conference and in the youth conference group can share the things you know they can uh, do whatever you know the talents and whatever gifts they have you know from the team they can present that there and that will be the good time for them and they can give the testimony their sharing you know whatever they have they can do that mm-hmm. they are singing or dancing and uh, Uh, after that we will connect them two days with the local churches they will go to the local churches and they will learn uh, how the local church they are working there and uh, and if they are a pastor there then we organize pastor conference and we connect them to the pastors mm-hmm. if they are women then we uh, organize women conference and th- we connect them to the women's fellowship in the different different local churches there two days they will spend there and two days we will connect them to the uh, uh, schools um, schools and they will connect there you know and they can make as much as more friend and uh, after coming back to their own country going back to their own country they can have a f- uh, you know do the follow up and uh, mm. they can share the gospel and you know in that way you know the amazing thing can happen as i believed you mm. know and uh, like that you know 11 days will be over and after that we will organize one goal setting a uh, goal setting class and in that goal setting class mission goal setting it is a vision goal setting it is 
and then we will teach them there and then if any member they want to be for longer time we will uh, provide them place there for the more you know the further ministry if anyone wants to go for the trek we will connect them to the trekking agencies mm -hmm. white water rafting or jungle safari so many things they are mm -hmm. there you know to do so it depends on what interest they have or if anyone wants to be in nepal as a missionary for six months one year or two years three years then we can discuss about how we can use them for Nepal and how how we can place them in Nepal in that way. That is a quite broad, you know, the vision. Yeah, that's a huge vision. That's real. Thanks for sharing that. That's mm -hmm. uh, that's re that's really exciting. I'm I'm excited to hear that how that's uh, it's such a great opportunity for the people in Nepal, but also for the the rest of us. Because yeah, another thing, another good thing. What I need to share here is. Uh, you know, for the missionary people, if they come, you know, for the mission, if they come there mm -hmm. and from the group, if they go to the uh, go to the hotel, they need to pay at least, um, you know, at, at least, you know, eighty dollar per night, you mm -hmm. know, just for the uh, their uh, uh, accommodation there. Mm -hmm. But in our guest house, we have set it a price which is very very practical and very very you know the effective and efficient. Mm -hmm. That could take not more than per person, not more than uh, fifteen dollar, and fifteen dollar that even includes breakfast there mm -hmm. per night. Fifteen dollar uh -huh. that includes breakfast. That's yeah, a good price. yeah, it's a great deal, and yeah, and uh, uh, and for the people that are listening, I've stayed over in Ashok's house, and so that's a that's a really good deal, and the uh, and the the hospitality and the accommodation is just over the top, and just. Uh, well, for for me, it just sounds like a fantastic opportunity. Uh, if you, on the as far as mission people, people that are interested in missions, and also just for people that if they were uh, just wanted to come to Nepal and get a flavor and a feel for what God's doing there. Uh, I'm like I'm older, so I would <laughs> I would go and I would be fascinated to uh, stay in stay in that house and. Uh, it's a good deal, and uh, and meet the people that are already doing the work and see see that what God's doing there. It's uh, just a fascinating spot and and a great vision. I think that you have now. Yeah, yeah. And so and so um, and and because I've I've got the pleasure of being with you over there before. I'm wondering if you had any other stories that you might want to share with us or experiences in the ministry that you would. Uh, well, we have, uh, I'm not sure how much time we have left, but we're, we have you here, you're a captive audience and I'm not letting you go without, <laughs> without you telling us more. <laughs> so I want to tell you one story when I was a young boy, how the Lord called me, uh, to go in the mission field and, uh, how I went there and how I faced the problem. Uh, when I was, uh, I finished my school and, uh, I started reading the book of Sadhu Sundar Singh, I like that very much. Mm -hmm. He had traveled uh, in those days Nepal and he had been persecuted very much, you know, by the people and uh, he crossed the land of Nepal and he had gone to the Tibet. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was praying, uh, when I was, I was reading and I prayed to the Lord, Lord, you uh, got me there where there is need mm -hmm. and I like to uh, walk like Sadhu Sundar Singh. And God called me in one village nearby the Tibet border. And the village was quite dark, you know. By walking uh, five days from Kathmandu, we, I, I reached there. 
and that uh, village was the um, of all the you know the witch doctors uh, kingdom mm -hmm. was that and uh, the lord brought me there and uh, when i reached there that was andre's village and uh, it was quite remote as well none of the police station were there no any uh, communication system were there no road access were there and the uh, people were in such a pathetic and a very hard situation and i went there i began to preach the gospel opposition became so aggressive you know and they uh, they threw the rock and uh, actually they ran me out from their village and i went to the another village but uh, in that village there was one madman he was mad from past uh, some 5 years 5 6 years i prayed for for that man and uh, he got healing and mm. that became surprise but i couldn't be there and i ran out from there to another village and uh, as soon as i reached to another village people became so you know curious to know about what <coughs> i why i'm there and for you know for what i'm there and i began to share the gospel there as well and uh, so many people they were there and uh, among them mm, when i preached four boys they believed in christ uh and still uh, three boys are alive there mm. they are working as a pastor and uh, uh in that village also the opposition came there and uh, that night they had a plan to kill me and uh, i had to run out from there but those four boys they believed and uh, you know i continue prayed for them i went back to kathmandu and uh, after uh you know the next week uh, i came to know that there was a huge persecution for those uh, four boys mm. uh opposition went to one boy's house and they tried to fire the house and kill him mm. and he jumped uh, from the window and he ran out from the village and uh and he uh just delivered from them you know mm. and the second boy uh he was uh you know he they, they chased him and he ran in the jungle and he hide himself in the cave in uh, into a in a cave and he survived and another boy um never we heard since that day and uh, later on he died mm -hmm. and it believes that um, all the villagers they believe that um, uh, the opposition poisoned him and uh, he died mm -hmm. and the fourth boy he was in the uh, home and they dragged out from the home they took them in their temple area gumba and the whole villagers they gathered there and they beat him so severely they beat him the whole night and in the morning time they thought that he died and uh, took his dead body and they thrown the dead body from the cliff down mm. and uh, next early morning uh, the family of that boy now he's working as a pastor that boy he you know his family began to search him here and there and found him he was nearly in a dead situation mm. his uh, hand was broken up feet was broken up and the whole body was you know the full of blood and took him back and uh, later on uh, his sister gave me witness that that in those days until for 3 month he couldn't eat anything he could drink anything he could open his eyes 
and that time sister gave a breastfeeding because she had a baby and to give life to brother she gave a breastfeeding and mm. uh, and uh, you know like that uh, her sister helped him and uh, you know we were praying and god actually healed him mm. but all the time persecution was there and one night what he what he does is he goes to the jungle site and he kneels down you know under one tree and he prays to the lord lord ah uh, these people are going to kill me because i am the only one believer here and how can i be survived here mm-hmm. and uh, that night the lord spoke with him my dear son now i will work through you and as soon as the lord said to that word to him he has been filled up with the power of god mm. and that young boy he became a healer in that village and uh-huh. whoever comes in front of him he touches and they gets healed and uh, so many people now you know rumors spread everywhere in the village and the neighboring village and so many sick people they came to him and whomever he's he touches they just get, get healed and some of the disqualified um, patient from the Kathmandu hospital also they began to visit him mm-hmm. so by the healing power within a 6 month it became a church of 200 member and uh, uh, and uh, within a one year it became a 500 members church so later on, almost the 80% uh, believes that turn to christ wow. so in that way amazing thing is happening there and uh, they take me as a founder of the church there a lot of churches are there some years before i was there they had invited me as a as a chief guest speaker to speak uh, for pastors and leaders and uh, exactly in the same point i was there you know same place i was there where they had stoned me uh 4500 pastors and leaders they had gathered there it was amazing you know wow. how the spirit of god worked there therefore in my life what i do strongly believe is we need to get jesus there where there is need and Jesus himself will work not we we will just take rest in his hand mm. we need to obey him mm. so in that you know my young age god called me in the dark area and i went there and a miracle happened so such a lot of stories are there you know now uh, that man his name is uddhav tamang he is working as a pastor and also as a healer he is working mm. there so the mountain you know he's from mountain he doesn't know more thing about but god knows him and he's doing a lot of healing work there mm-hmm. and uh, you know all villages communities they are turning to christ uh, thanks for sharing that that's a that's a beautiful story oh yes yes i like that and i love to go in those areas yeah and those who were opposition uh now they are all converted and they are working in a church as a pastors and leaders and we used to have a very good you know the uh, you know a company whenever i visit there uh-huh. we talked all about you know our past days you know yeah how they had been aggressive and they throw the rock you know yeah those mm-hmm. are the thing and it is amazing you know <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing i was up there uh <laughs> and uh Oslak was telling me this story Noah and uh, he said at the, at the beginning the um the Buddhists were were stoning the Christians hmm. and then there were more Christians 
and it's you know it's kind of embarrassing but to say but then the the, the christian stoned the buddhist <laughs> <laughs> so one, once I, I i had been there and uh, all those kind of disputes were going on there and uh-huh. that day the christian people had uh, actually beaten the buddhist people and i said to them you should not do this. Why you did that? Because this is wrong. This is not according to the Bible and according to the law of Jesus. And they said, no, no, sir, we did it in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is why, you know, with this, uh, you know, with this story, I want to just uh, let you know that how much teaching we need over there. Uh, uh-huh. Because people have come to Christ, you know, with their whole heart, their mind and their spirit. Mm-hmm. But teaching is very much needed there. That is why I'm giving more and more my focus on teaching to them. Mm. That is why we have uh, outreach, we have a uh, uh, s- systematic gospel sharing training, we have a uh, uh, systematic theology training, we have a women training, youth training, pastors and leaders conference, seminars and training. Yeah, we used to spend a lot of time for that. That's great. And I can attest that I need that training too. It's just like that's the, uh, it's it's interesting to see how, we can switch from one gear to the other and yeah, yeah, and bring yeah. that flesh right along with us. Exactly, Steve. You were there in the different different conference and trainings and seminars, so uh-huh. you are well known about that. Yeah. And almost the you know the remote villages you have crossed with me, you have walked with me. You yeah. know, So you are the evidence of that. Uh, yeah, I've <laughs> seen I've seen it, that. and it's you know, it's, uh, and I and I loved being up there with you. It's the the being able to connect with the, the people and. Uh, and see how we all grow together. Yeah, and, that's and, true. And how we all can focus on Christ and um, and and learn and make those same mistakes and uh, and just like we were talking about earlier, that He meets us right there. Yes, and that's He's true. you know He's we we do all sorts of crazy things sometimes, but Christ is always there. And like you were saying, Aslak, that yeah. we have the living God mm-hmm. living in us, and we're living in Him. Yeah, that's true. And uh, it's. It's so exciting. Thanks for sharing that story. I just, I and I and because I've met those guys and Pastor Udup, mm-hmm. um, that it's really meaningful to me to be able to you know hear how you you as young boys went out and you were you know I don't know anybody else that was stoned mm-hmm. uh, because they were sharing their faith, but but you guys and uh, to be able to see how the Lord's taken that and use that in that part of the world is just beautiful to me true yes thank you very much for this great opportunity you know you allow me to share uh, uh, some stories yeah i have a thousands of other stories I, and if, <laughs> if there is a time okay well I'll we do, probably don't have time for thousands but we probably have time for another one if do you have one on <laughs> at the top of your mind that you'd like to share uh well i was in east nepal one day and uh uh, I spent uh, one night in one one uh, families, and that night I had a vision. A uh, devil came to me, and uh, he began to disturb me. And uh, I rebuke him uh, in Jesus' name, and he ran out. And uh, I wake up that night. It was about middle night, middle of the night, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 12 o'clock. And I thought that tomorrow morning uh, I need to do something against a devil somewhere here in this village. Mm-hmm. And I thought, uh, and, and I prayed. I prayed a couple of hours and I became fully prepared. And next early morning when 
about a seven years old boy he came to me and he said to me my grandma uh, is calling you that is why i'm here to get you and i asked him what uh, for what your grandma called me and he said well my dad is sick he's a madman and my uh, he became a, such a aggressive madman he all the time he tries to kill my grandfather grand grandmother and to myself and uh, my mother she afraid very much terrified very much from him and she um, just ran out mm. and uh, uh, she had a um, she later on she kissed the file and also she had and they had a, a divorce and no more my mom is with me and i asked him from how many years your dad is suffering in that way and he said from last three and a half in hours uh, years he's suffering three and a half years and uh, i went there the family was quite you know rich family only one son was there and he was mad and i went there and i saw the man he was a very much skinny man smelly man and he's although you know the body structure was exactly like a devil mm. he was not eating anything from past some four five month he was not drinking anything and he had no bath from last uh, probably two years and i went there and i saw him and i said to him why are you trying to destroy your life like this because life is beautiful it is a gift from god and he said well that's fine that you said but i don't like to live anymore that is why i'm not taking bath i'm not eating anything i'm not drinking anything he said mm. and I, i i talked to their father and mother his father and mother and they said well from last uh, three year three and a half years we as very much torturing by him every night we have to have a uh, 10 people to control him otherwise he just uh tries to fire the house or he wants to jump uh, from the window and uh, i asked him that man what is your best part in your life and he says well to go to the grave where in the midnight and to sleep on the grave and i like that and uh, you know when i talked to him the devil started talking from him and uh, i asked uh, could you please can you provide me one private room and i want to be alone with this guy and they offered me one private room and in uh, and uh, <coughs> you know as being a face to face with that man i began to speak with him and i asked him i'm here to help you and uh, do you need any help from me and he said yes i need help from you what help can i do to you and he said if you have a poison give me i will have poison and i'll die mm. you can help me in this way and i said no i have i do not have a poison and he said then if you have a knife just kill me mm. just you cut my throat and i will die that is the another big gift you can give me that was his appeal to me and i asked him why you are asking these things with me and he said well it is said that i can't live anymore and then devil began to speak from him don't touch him don't touch him don't touch him you are alone here you are educated person you have such a high profile 
you are working as a chairman in the hospital and in the mission and also in the international board you have your wife beautiful children you have their future is that relies on you and why you want to come here and you want to take this such a great uh, challenge in your life because you are alone here but we are here thousands of thousands we are here and i asked the devil what you want to do to this man just to sacrifice him just to kill him mm. and they said five times he tried to commit suicide by hanging and mm. three times he jumped uh, down from the cliff and you know from past three years all the time he would spend his life in the graveyard mm. he loved to be there in the cremation places mm. in the desert land you know and uh, up to that i was praying when I, w- i i i was talking with him i was praying in my heart and uh, about one hour i talked to him all about his life and the also with the devil and i said this man is his uh, his heart his soul and his spirit all these things and his place that is made by god mm. and he said well i don't care because in his heart i got the place and i'm here i want to kill him and i did all the destruction in his life don't touch him if you touch him then you will die first and then we will kill this man second and i prayed to the lord and the lord said you lay your hand and pray and as soon as the spirit of god he spoke in my heart i laid my hand on his head and i prayed I prayed and I prayed and I prayed about 15 minutes and then I said amen and I asked him how, how are you feeling and he said see all are dancing everywhere dancing devil are dancing oh such a ugly devil such a terrifying you know the um uh, their flesh and their body they are dancing thousands of thousands they are dancing here he said I just told his eyes and I prayed for him and when i finished prayer and i asked him how are you feeling he said well when you are praying for me i didn't hear listen a single word of your prayer mm-hmm. because yelling screaming all this kind of you know sound was coming at my ear mm-hmm. i i listen in my ear and i couldn't listen anything and i hold his both ear and i prayed and i prayed and i prayed and again i asked him how are you feeling and then he said see from my mouth all the dust is coming out all it seems like all the septic it is coming out from my mouth and i can't control it it becomes like a river and it becomes like it seems like a ocean it became and then i touched his mouth and i prayed and then i asked him how are you feeling now and he said oh inside me there is a huge war is going and he began to roll on the floor you know mm. and i hold him and i i, I control him I, and i prayed i prayed and i prayed and when i said you know when i finished my prayer and i said amen and then i asked him how are you feeling then he came to my feet and he knelt down and he appealed me oh from where this peace i got from where this peace came to me mm. oh sir please you help me not to let this peace go out from me from today onward he began to cry out with all his tear you know tear mm. runs from his cheeks and i said you need to believe in jesus 
and what I need to do to believe in Jesus. And I help him you know, to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior with the prayer. And from that day onward, he has been delivered from the devil. Wow. And the family has been completely, you know, the joy, you know, reestablished there. And this this became an amazing testimony for the whole village and whole, you know, region because he had already uh, checked in the each and every hospitals. All the David, I mean, the, all the witch doctors had done the work, you know, mm. their best, you know, for three and a half years means the family had done everything, you know, mm -hmm. for him, and they were now, you know, restless, hopeless. And they were just waiting, family were waiting the day of death of that man. And now he's working as a leader in the eastern part of Nepal. And uh, he wow. had got another beautiful wife and beautiful children and they are, you know, growing up in faith. So this, this is another thing, you know, that happened in my life. So how the Lord is doing, not by uh, my power, not by my might, but only by the power of the Holy Spirit, it, it is done. You know, it has been mm -hmm. done. And and the, and he's still that man, still going on and oh, yeah. not not oppressed and yeah. free from that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's free from from that. And mm -hmm. since that day, never that devil came out from. Mm -hmm. When the devil, you know, when I was praying, devil, they began to cry, screaming, and they said, let me go, let me go, we will, we, we are going, don't pray, don't pray, don't open your Bible, don't touch this Bible to this body of this mm -hmm. man. Wow. Like that, they began to screaming, you know, about half an hour. Mm. And later on, when they left, and then the man became the man. Wow. The power of Jesus. Oh, power cool. of Jesus, yes. So, um... And kind of tying into that, um, and we've we've had a podcast on this a little bit before uh, Noah's done. Um, is suicide a, a big problem in Nepal? Yes, yeah, suicide is a big problem in Nepal, like in other uh, countries. You know, suicide spirit is there. Mm -hmm. Suicide spirit is there. Mm -hmm. Is it and is it um, a particular age group? Like I know, I know um, uh, some friends in India that it seems like the younger people, or the or the farmers, where they'll have a whole the whole family, a generational suicide, um, is a problem because they're they're trapped as slaves almost. Exactly. Yes, that is the same thing. In one family, there is a. Uh, society spirit then society spirit that remains all the time in that family mm -hmm. and that takes the sacrifice from one to another member you know all they take the suicide mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. happens and then so so in in the, um, the church and the families that you've met you like this would be an example of how mm -hmm. that that whole family was in a sense delivered not just that man, but the whole family. Yeah, whole family and whole community as well. After mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, the uh, healing of that man, so many people, they came to Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They came to Christ. That was very good, you know, the good, good, good witness yeah. that he gave there. Yeah. And I think that's, um, you know, um, uh, that's such a temptation to listen to that spirit of suicide sometimes to be, because it seems like it's everywhere, mm. uh, that... There, that there's a there's a message, mm -hmm. and the and the message is ju just that you know don't don't touch me stay away from yeah stay away from mm -hmm. Christ stay away from the the living God yeah and 
and and we I think we've experienced that here mm-hmm. uh, with with our friends and our family uh, in our in our own lives that temptation is always uh, there's a voice there that's always like trying to uh, speak to you that's just just a just a point us away from Christ yeah that's true that's true no do you have any other questions or comments on those stories I don't think so. Yeah, those are pretty good. Uh, I'm just chewing on them right now. Those are pretty good. <laughs> there's a lot to think about. Yeah, huh? there's a lot to think about. So <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, we can wrap this one up, but uh, if anyone wanted to get a hold of you, Ashok, about uh, doing the ministry or coming out and staying with you, do you have an email or something that you can uh, give out so people can get a hold of you? Yeah, I have an email. Uh, my email address is uh, all uh, that is uh, asok dot ministry at the rate gmail dot com. Okay, can you spell that out or a s h o k asok dot m i n i s t r y ministry at gmail dot com. Okay. Perfect. Otherwise, the abiding life ministry. It's here, Abiding Life Ministry International, and uh, it has my address. Okay. People can contact there. Perfect. All right. Great. That's what I rem- I'll, That's the only thing I wanted to make sure we got that. Oh, that's so, so, that's so important. Yeah, thanks for doing that, Noah. Yeah, that's you guys great. have anything else to add? Yeah, I have. I want to request to pray for Nepal because Nepali churches are uh, going on through the persecution. And uh, still we are uh, our kind of undergrounded churches. Mm. And um, opposition is setting fire, the church building, beating the pastors and leaders and some believers and pastors, they are in the prison right now because of their faith. Wow. So we really need uh, prayer. Are people still getting stoned? Oh, yeah, 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 okay. in the remote villages and in the so some communities, yes, still. And we are in the minority uh, in Nepal is uh, ancient holy Hindu land, so we are working there, uh, you know, to share the gospel and for the salvation of the people. So we really need uh, prayer for the, from everywhere. Okay. Yes, yeah, so whoever's listening, please pray mm-hmm. while you're listening. That'd be great. Yes. Yeah, and right now the government's it's fluctuating seems like it's always fluctuating up and down and the church is the church and the poor people of Nepal are the people that suffer uh, the leaders the the government officials mm. and somehow the Lord uses it all to bring people to Christ but the the poor people and the and the believers there are really they they uh, seem like they're the ones that pay the price for the government's ups and downs mm. yeah and uh and what's the percentage in Nepal that are believers, would you say? Well, uh, it seems government, since uh, government, according to the, uh, you know, the government record, it is uh, 0.2%. Wow. But in fact, we are something like uh, 7 to 10% now. Because oh, okay. uh, because one of the fastest growing churches now that is in Nepal, you know, mm. in the world. <laughs> right. Mm. Wow. Uh. That's good. Yep. 
All right. Well, well thank you, Noah. Thank you, Aslock. Thank you very much, Steve. And thank yeah, you, Noah. Thank you. Thanks for coming and talking with us. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll do another one soon. Thank you. <laughs>